0: Your heart's desires. What does that statement bring to mind for you? Does it make you feel giddy or maybe skeptical or a little nervous? How about manifesting your girl boner's desires? I'm not terribly well versed in this topic myself, at least not beyond the basics. Lucky for all of us today, our guest is an expert. Before we dig in, remember to hop over to my website, girlboner.org, to sign up for occasional extras by email. About once a month, I send updates about events, giveaways, lessons I'm learning, and more. Find links in the show notes on your podcast app. You can swipe or double tap where you can also rate, review, and subscribe to Girlboner Radio if you haven't. I would also so appreciate it if you enjoy what you hear, if you will share episodes with your friends, and if you post something on social media about the show, please tag me so I can say thanks. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Amber J. Lawson to the show. Amber J. is a master coach, powerhouse entrepreneur, and evocateur, whose vision is to create peace on earth in our lifetime, and she believes it starts with us. She inspires audiences with her interactive talks on connection and vulnerability, work that has gleaned her accolades, including the synopsis Women in Digital Entrepreneur of the Year. She sits on several boards, chairs the membership working group of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Interactive Media Peer Group. She's also an active member of the New Media Council at the Producers Guild of America. Amber Jade created Goddess Process— as part of her commitment to helping women embrace their power and femininity. Thank you for joining me, Amber J. How are you doing today? Amazing! (laughs) I would love to hear what you do. Tell us about being an evocateur and what that means. Really, I am about women living
1: their heart's desire, not out there just solving problems, but dropping from our heads— And the doing, the the masculine, the purposeful and penetrating into our hearts, into our truth, what we're here to do and be on the planet. That turns me on. Mm, That is
0: an excellent turn on, I have to say. (laughs) I'm curious what you learned about sex and sexuality growing up because you seem very – connected to all the different parts of you, and you have a beautiful, uh, vivacious sensuality about you. Is that something that you've always had? uh, Or did you have to kind of cultivate it along the way?
1: Well, I think the essence of me has always been sexual or sensual. I think I've always exuded sexuality. I just didn't know what to do about it or with it, and it got me into weird situations when I was younger, and I come from Raytown, Missouri, so just a suburb of Kansas City. It sounds more hillbilly than it is. I'm sure it's great. It (laughs) It sounds fun to me. Actually, it was very diverse and um, very open Now, as I see the world and the world has unfolded, I'm really grateful that I grew up in the environment I did. Um, However, it still was a belief system that sex was naughty, that good girls don't, that if I had these desires or inclinations and I acted on them, that I was wrong. And uh, so it, it scared me to... Explore or even enjoy it. Mm. Yeah. So, my biggest breakthrough in the past five years has been cleaning out this societal or cultural belief system that isn't mine, that is either ancestral wounds. Uh, from past generations in my own lineage or cultural expectations that now that I am a grown woman making my own choices and secure in me that I can test my boundaries and explore and see what truly I desire and want and crave and I'm calling in.
0: I love that you're so open about that and that it's It's a fairly new and probably evolving process, because I think when we hear there's an expert in something of this nature, we think, oh, they have it all together. They've been doing this for like 20 years or they were born this way. And you're like, no, I grew up in this society, too. You know, I know the work, which I think it makes it more powerful because you you get it. Like, the shame goes so deep. And I know I grew up with that, quote, unquote, good girl shame. So many people in my audience grew up learning that you can't be, like, sexual, sensual, and also have, like, values. Well, I
1: life is a journey, right? If we're at the destination, it means we're dead. So <laughs> let's hope that good we're point. still exploring and unfolding and learning more about ourselves until we pass into the next realm or mm. whatever that looks like. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is that... I had cool girl syndrome, which is I decided early on, and I feel like it's a generational thing. My this generation is um, don't rely on anybody else. Go and be woman. Hear me roar. Which amen. And um, as I became an entrepreneur, an executive, what I I was the only woman in the boardroom, and so my only role models were men. So I was doing it, behaving, showing up, and even in my relationships, transactional, like a man.
0: Mm, And the way that men are taught to be, right? Because right. men also learn that they are supposed to be very transactional about sex, for example. Like, you know, you give it to me when I do this. And that's just not healthy, you know? No. And
1: it's especially as the feminine uh, identifying as female, we are made to receive. Our bodies are meant to receive. And it's the hardest Thing to do, but I ask everyone the question how does it feel when you give? Feels good, right? When you, whether it's giving somebody a meal or support in something or sexually, whatever that looks like, how dare you take the gift of someone giving away from them? And especially the divine feminine is meant to receive. We're here as receptive vessels.
0: I love hearing about this. It totally fascinates me because to be super honest like the whole feminine masculine energy always sits weird with me because a lot of the conversations around it are like women are the nurturers men are the you know providers and it's like I feel like so much of that societal um as you're speaking about it I can see how like I think what matters is the way it makes us feel like if that's a if that is a turn like a form of terminology that helps you feel more connected to yourself. Do do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that the terms... So I mentioned that because anybody who's listening who's a little bit like, oh, I I get a little turned off by these feminine versus masculine terminology, that the ideas within it are universal. Does that make sense? Yes. And
1: when we... Um, connect to our truth, whatever that truth is, life flows easier. It's meant to be working out in our favor and we get to allow it in. We don't have to do all the things.
0: I like that. Yeah. Authenticity. It's so important, like regardless of gender identity, you know, it's, I feel like that is something that we all, we know somewhere within us what those authentic things are right you
1: are so right because and that goes into your question about manifestation mm. it is again not solving problems I need ten thousand dollars or five hundred bucks or whatever it is I, I I want a relationship because I want to be made whole well none of that's really the truth mm. what rings authentically in your heart? What is calling you forth? What turns you on? And when you speak about turning on, our sexual power is our manifestation power. Mm-hmm. Like that vibration of turn on, of juicy, of like, rawr, that is creation power. Mm-hmm. And that ripples out into every area of our life is
0: there a vibrator called the manifester because as you were saying that i like see your face on the box you could be like (laughs) a really excellent spokesperson for the for the toy that that vibrates with authentic pleasure i like that i've never heard you know i hear the word manifesting you know used in lots of different ways but typically like i i connect it with like really being connected to what you want to have in your life is that it? Is it like kind of visualizing and doing the things that will draw in something you desire?
1: Again, it goes back to your heart's
0: desire versus
1: fixing. So you could have your fancy car or your fancy house or your awesome love. Yes, you get to have that. But if it's because you want to feel good about yourself, you know, like it's fixing a, a hole, you get to start with you and you feeling worthy. Look, money is tied to worthiness. Intimacy equals time. So if you want... Love in your life, are you spending the time with yourself? Are you intimate with yourself? Do you love yourself so that you are whole and complete? When that person shows up, you guys are like, oh, yeah, look at you. I know you. I've been waiting for you. And, of course, this is our
0: vibe. We match. It's like matching. Like alignment. Like coming into – what I'm hearing you say is the the authenticity is – I mean, inseparable from manifesting. Exactly. It's not like trying to attract something that is external, like, oh, I really want to manifest this car. It's more about being very true to yourself and allowing things to unfold. Is that a better?
1: Yes. And I just wanted to, to touch on what you were saying. So have you ever, like, stepped into some really fancy car, like maybe somebody had a Rolls Royce, or maybe even you were on a date with somebody and you felt like this was out of your league like you felt uh, you couldn't get comfortable the entire evening because you didn't feel worthy of it you didn't feel like it was a vibrational match and it's not it's and maybe it will unfold and maybe it will show up in a different way but like that But when you show up and somebody is like, you're like, oh, my God, I am vibing here. Like, this feels good. It feels right. I'm 100% myself. Yes, I can speak my truth in this Mm. moment. I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. I am all, like, present here with you. And it feels so good in those moments. That is you are vibrating with whatever that is. And that could be an outfit, (laughs) you know. Uh It could
0: be a life partner it could yeah. be um, an animal know, it, we were and, talking and, oh animal. my gosh when yes. I met my uh, both of my dogs actually I have my second dog now but there's that feeling it feels magical I mm. mean it really feels there's that that it thing that happens where you're like this is just unexplainable and then you're like a hell yes hmm yeah yeah so if somebody wants to manifest something in their lives, especially in the realm of, let's use dating. You you mentioned going on a date and maybe feeling uncomfortable. Uh, We actually do have a question related to this. Let me see here. This one came from Jeremy who said, I have never fallen in love and would like to. How do I meet the woman of my dreams for a life, partner, marriage, kids, the whole deal? I tried Tinder and it was all about the hookup and several times I got ghosted. I'm sorry, Jeremy. Being ghosted is not fun. What what would you recommend to somebody in that situation or, or for Jeremy? I would
1: ask Jeremy how much emotional intelligence work has he done on himself? Are you the person that you would want to marry? and have kids with and build a family with are you showing up as the man that would attract that partner that you're calling in and same for women am i have i worked through my wounds and he, the other part of it is relationships are here to clear our wounds to clean up Um, They are
0: so good at that. (laughs) Right? Right? Because
1: they come right in your face and you're like, oh boy, I wasn't expecting that one. And when we think of them not as, oh my gosh, if this isn't the end all be all, right? If we just take on every relationship, being present and going, what... Am I healing in me? What am I experiencing and working through with this human that I attracted into my life? And how do I get to be compassionate with myself Mm. and with them? Mm. And let's go on this journey for however long. Maybe it's a lifetime. Maybe it's a date. Mm. Maybe that's it. Yeah. And um, when you look at it as here's this beautiful connection and this awesome gift I get of a human being, then everything is is meant for our higher good. It's all just unfolding. And what a joy that is. When, mm. when we look through life uh,
0: with that lens, life is awesome. That is really great because there is still the idea that if a relationship ends, it fails. Or if you go on a date and you don't end up in a relationship, it was a waste, you know? And if you have that sense of adventure and you're going to get something valuable out of it, even if it's not fun, it might be painful. Have you had an experience you could share where a wound just really, within like the context of a relationship or dating, that just really helped you um, heal and move forward?
1: Yes, so a couple years ago, I had a best friend as a, a man, you know, as a man and he was my best friend and I just couldn't understand where I come from. If a man shows up in your life, there is a sexual expectation at some point. Like I just couldn't fathom that he was not sexually attracted to me and we weren't in a relationship. It blew my mind. And what that what I got to explore in that is that men can show up for women and it not be sexually motivated. And that is what I needed to learn in order to get to my next relationship. And let me tell you something. I had some of the most beautiful, intimate, deep experiences with this man and some of the hardest gut wrenching, um, soul bearing, uh, feeling ripped in half that grew me like Mm -hmm. those rips also are what expanded me and opened me up for the next relationship I had with a man who really showed up Mm -hmm. and i and it's this give and take and this ebb and flow that it healed my experiences of men. It also healed my relationship with my father. You know, it, it had me go into why I make those choices, why I choose the men I do. And then I got to go have those conversations with my dad. Oh, <laughs> I know how did that go well um, he's one of those like (sniffs) don't you know um, (laughs) like my eyes have water coming out of them I don't understand you know and uh, just him sharing so my father cheated on my mom he explained that experience they were high school sweethearts he went to college and met college girls and they were worldly and my mom was at home holding down the fort and he just got intoxicated by that and they didn't know how emotionally to deal with it or work through it mm. and and that may be okay right that they came together to bring me into the world and and they get along fine but that maybe they weren't meant for the entire lifetime journey together. And uh, so he got to explain that to me, you know, like he f- and he felt horrible about it. Like, I didn't know my dad felt bad about it.
0: So you knew about the cheating, but you didn't know how he felt.
1: I knew ish about the cheating. Right. Mm. Like, it was kind of like I kind of knew, but n- we never talked. about. I come from an Italian household in the Midwest. You don't talk about your feelings and you certainly aren't vulnerable. Like, we have your back. You will never go homeless and you'll never go without food, but we will never tell you what's really going on with us and um, that's why I was engaged three times and didn't get married you know like yeah. it is we, we, I just didn't grow up understanding or learning how to use um, my vulnerability as a superpower. Mm. And I find so many women, especially entrepreneurs and career women and, and stay at home moms and, and women in general um, of, you know, my age range in particular, and I'm sure others, but, but I'll just speak from my experience is that vulnerability was weakness. Mm. And, and, and when I was in big roles of power in corporations, if women showed up vulnerable, I looked at, at that as weak, and they would—I would crush that. And now I, the, the thing we as women crave and thrive in is community. Like we go back to tribal times, the red tent, coming together, celebrating the highs and holding each other in our lows and knowing we're not alone.
0: Mm, That's really powerful. And I feel like men can learn so much from that, you know, because I think there's so much pressure on men to not show vulnerability, like your dad feeling like he's not supposed to cry. And for you both to have that experience, it was probably healing for him as well to be able to go into those feelings that, you know, there's that sweaty feeling of, oh, my gosh, you know.
1: Here it comes. Yeah,
0: here it comes. And then there's just that that peace and that um, joy that can come from, and it can be exhausting, you know, going through those things. You mentioned uh work and being like a stay-at-home mom and all these different issues that can come up. And we actually have a question for our resident uh, therapist, Dr. Megan Fleming, that I'd love to hear your thoughts on too. This question comes from Jezzy, who wrote this. I have a new boss who is making my work life a living hell, and all I want to do when I come home is cry or vent or sleep. My husband hasn't complained, but I can tell it is wearing on him. Plus, we have barely had sex the past few months. I really think physical intimacy would help me feel better, but it's like there's this wall there, if that makes any sense. How can I get in the mood when my life sort of sucks? Jazzy, thank you so much for your question. Here is what Dr. Megan Fleming of Great life, GreatSex.com had to say.
2: Thanks so much for your question. And boy, do you have a great one, right? And I think almost everybody out there at some point in their life can relate, which is how do I get in the mood when my life kind of sucks? Because for one reason or another, and based on your description of your new boss and how it's impacting your work life, you know, it makes perfect sense that um, your sort of sexual desire is sort of out the window um, because there's nothing sexy or fun or even light about what's going on in your life right now. And you already are aware and noticing that One, it's fantastic your husband is alongside and supporting, but even though he hasn't complained, of course it's wearing on him because it's an energy thing. It's exhausting and sucking life out of you, and it seems like it's also understandably having that impact on your relationship. So, you know, I want to say that it all starts when you say, I want to get in the mood. It starts with that as a decision and a commitment because our biggest sex organ is our brain and mindset is everything. And, you know, in a sense, I know it makes perfect sense that, work stress and it's like this is the thing about anxiety i imagine you're coming home and already thinking about either what has already happened in the past the day that you had and or what's about to happen the future what's coming tomorrow and the only thing we can make an impact on is what's happening now in the present moment and so i would sort of say to you you're not even consciously but you're actively turning yourself off um, long before you probably come home and certainly before you enter the bedroom and so it really is an opportunity for you to make a decision that how much mental real estate are you going to allow your job to take over? And that sometimes we really have to learn how to, in a sense, compartmentalize or put to the side only when and if we've already done the first thing, which, and I'm already assuming you've talked to your new boss and your coworkers to see what, if anything, can be done to improve your work life situation. Um, so first we want to take action on behalf of anything we can do to make positive change, but when, if that is done and there's nothing else that can be done. And of course, part of it might be big picture thinking, you know, is this the right fit for you now, you know, polishing up your resume and seeing, you know, maybe there's an expression, the crisis is the opportunity, you know, maybe in some ways, the fact that it's not working out for you, maybe guiding you or that this isn't the next or the best job. Maybe it's guiding you to think about, looking for something else. But in the meantime, it's to realize to own, right? All the ways that you can turn yourself on as well as off. And I also think from the relationship perspective, it starts with regaining the connection, the closeness, because I think you're dead on when you say the physical intimacy would help you feel better. Certainly we know that, you know, having sex and orgasm is so good for us in terms of, uh, you know, blood pressure, but also, you know, feel good hormones of, uh, oxytocin, sort of the cuddle hormone, as well as dopamine, you know, all the fun, sexy things that you want to be feeling in your body and that can elevate your mood. So I would start with speaking to your husband, like what are things that you both like to do that are fun, connecting, playful, and that you can plan together, kind of like planning a vacation but not just for, you know, in six months from now, what can you plan or do tonight or this week? And really committing and having something to look forward to. Um, and then thinking about the fact that desire is often responsive, meaning it's not spontaneous, it's not on your radar, but you can often create the conditions. So, you know, what are you wearing? Did you get yourself some new sexy lingerie, bra and underwear? What like makes you feel sexy? And thinking about all the different ways that you know, if you're exhausted, take a nap or figure out how you both might sleep in and look forward to that on the weekend. Um, so pay attention to the conditions that help your sexy feelings to emerge, as well as and again, our minds. So it could be replaying in your mind's eye, the, you know, the top, you know, peak sexual experiences you've had with your husband, or it could be reading some erotica or fantasy and, you know, discovering new turn-ons that you can share with your partner. I think it's important to realize that there's so many things we can do to rekindle our desire when it's not on board for us and that we don't feel disempowered um, because that disempowered mindset leads to often that sense of helplessness or hopelessness. And I can assure you, um, rekindling desire is one of my favorite passionate things to work with women and also men, but predominantly um, in the last 20 years with women. And so... I actually have a program on that, Rekindle Desire, which I'm going to be relaunching uh, shortly for the new year. And I would, in the meantime, like to gift you that program. So all you have to do is reach out to me on my website contact page, greatlifegreatsex.com, and just say, Jeezy, and I want to Rekindle My Desire, and I will gift you that program. And so I really want you to know that, you know, just because you're life at work is sort of sucks or is that living hell, it doesn't equal that there isn't room for pleasure. And it's up to you to prioritize that and to make it happen. So as always, would love to hear how it goes.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I love what she said about the crisis being an opportunity, which ties into what you were saying, that this is guidance. She used the word guidance, even. <laughs> and uh, and her Rekindle Desire program is awesome. So I hope other people check that out, too. Did anything come to mind for you as you were listening? Yes.
1: You know how we were talking to vulnerability? It takes courage to be vulnerable. And the one relationship that you get to fully blossom in is your primary, your whatever that committed relationship is for you. So I invite them to share vulnerably what the experience that she's having is to open up i'm going to tell you there's nothing juicier than a partner sharing their heart and and not from like a victim point of view but from like gosh i feel this is you know my passion is this and this is really hurting me and I, and i'm committed to our relationship like what are you committed to in the relationship this this is breaking my heart that I am, you know, not connected to you. And by bottling that up and not sharing your truth turns the juices off, you know. And especially uh, the masculine partner, um, they want to provide. They want it to bring a solution. And you're taking away that gift from them. Mm. And so that ebb and flow, that give and take that's that's where the juicy comes in. So get vulnerable.
0: I like that. Get vulnerable and really sharing instead of bottling up. I think that's so big because we don't often realize how much we're bottling up. It's one of the reasons I recommend journaling to people because sometimes when we're so blocked, we don't even know what we need to get out. And part of us does. And journaling is at least one way to to release that. What else would you recommend for someone who's feeling stuck and maybe doesn't quite know the reason? I think we've all been in that place where we're like, something's just off.
1: Well, so we have a free self-care guide on... Uh, goddessprocess.us website. When you sign up for a uh, Goddess Process intensive waitlist, you don't have to buy anything, do anything. You just sign up for the waitlist. It'll open up a whole bunch of stuff for you. But the first thing is this free um, self care guide. And it's like whatever calls to you. There's four points in self care uh, that spell out C A R E. C, being compassion, A, affirmations, are ritual, and E, the result is energy, newfound energy, a new path, a new opening. Um, one of the things that I use to shift when I am in, when I'm bummed out, when I am not feeling centered, when I'm confused about something, when I'm angry about something, whatever that is, is dance. Hmm. is move your body. Uh, the Everybody, this works for everybody. Give yourself three minutes, pick a song. Like we have a goddess process dance playlist, but put on whatever that is for you. I talk to Alexa and I say Lady Gaga radio and I go to town and just move your body and you will see within a minute or two how your mood shifts. It is the simplest, easiest thing, but but really it's just moving energy in your body and unblocking areas. Also, ha- have you heard of EFT? Oh, yes, I love it. Tapping. Right, tapping. Emotional
0: freedom technique. Right? Yes.
1: So it is, so I broke up with my second fiance, but I was the one in the crazy like, what is happening? I was spinning, I couldn't sleep. Um, I was, you know, just anxiety and I didn't understand why. And I didn't know how to get it out of my body, but I was like vibrating. You know, when you're just like, ah! mm-hmm. I did that three times through. That's it. Like, if I was at 11 on a scale of 10, <laughs> I got it down to a five, to mm-hmm. a three, to a zero, and it never came back.
0: Wow. I believe that. It's, I was, I mean, I always go into anything with, I try to have, I mean, healthy skepticism, keep an open mind, but I wasn't expecting EFT to do much. Like I thought I will try anything because I was, I was actually dealing with um, PTSD and um, prior to being diagnosed with it. And so I was having this very like trigger flare and it was that feeling of I have to do something. And I was Googling and I came across this, uh, it was a YouTube video on EFT for, it was for veterans, uh, war veterans. And uh, it talked about how quickly it could help. Um, And it really, really helped. I mean, it's, so you, for anyone who's not familiar, like you literally tap on different parts of your body. And a lot of times it'll start with like the side of your hand. You do like your eyebrow area, the side of your head. I'm reading your face because I forgot the order. Um, Yeah, all over the place. (laughs) So you tap. And what I love about one of the things I love about it is if you're somebody who is maybe not uh, naturally inclined to meditation, um, it's an active way to meditate. And I like the guided ones because you just follow along And there's something and you you repeat these phrases and I know you can choose your own. Um, Otherwise, you can choose like guided ones on certain topics. And there's everything out there. There's like getting ready for your audition or whatever. Um, But there's something about it. And it ties into that movement you were talking about. Like you're moving your body and, you know, and it works with the meridians that acupuncture use. Right. So, I mean, these are scientific things that work. (laughs) Yeah, it it you
1: know just like in your neural pathways, it's creating new pathways. It's it's clearing out where energy has been stuck. So like in meditation, and we do a lot of this in Goddess Process of, of visualizing areas that you may be stuck, where you can see. I like to look at it as like Velveeta cheese melting <laughs> through your your brain and your throat. Like so, say you have. Um, issues speaking your truth, right? And just seeing the light or Velveeta cheese or whatever you vision clearing out your throat so it's free to speak your truth mm. and see how that resonates for you. It's not going to hurt you, right? And what this, are you
0: going to lose, right? right you're yeah. not
1: going to lose anything. It's Same with this EFT. There's nothing, it's not like you're taking a pill or you're changing any, there's no way to harm yourself doing this. And it's shocking the results. I have experienced it just like I've experienced it with, um, acupuncture. Mm, Yeah, I've experienced it with EFT and I've experienced it with meditation and visualization, clearing up things, clearing up illness. Um, It it could be calling in money. It could be calling in love. Whatever you are blocked in and looking to open up. Maybe you have a fear of speaking, opening up speaking, opening up your heart, being receptive to love, Mm, opening up creation for a baby, you know, opening up your chakras. That is... These are beautiful, easy, free tools that you can call up YouTube videos, literally search EFT, meditations. I sleep with binaural beats every night. What's
0: a binaural beat? Oh,
1: binaural beats are waves. They're the megahertz in your brain. So there are ones for sleeping, for deep sleeping, for awareness, for, for knowing your third eye, for abundance, for studying, for comprehension, like... Same thing, right? There's, there are like rhythm. Is it a drum? It's it, it's really the waves. So it's the tune. Okay. The the megahertz. I mean, I'm not an expert in it by any means. Megahertz but, sounds good to yes. me. Yes, <laughs> but it's and and that vibrational level, it just has a different um, so you impact to in your brainwaves while mm-hmm. you with
0: your eyes closed, or, or do you open. watch
1: the waves. Oh, no, no. It's it's just, it's it's auditory.
0: Auditory. That's, yeah. that's really cool. I like that we have so many tools available. And I could see that being really helpful for anyone who's feeling blocked in their desire, including sexually, because you can imagine energy. <laughs> this is making me laugh. Imagine, like, Velveeta cheese down here. <laughs> Vulva is a little interesting. Um <laughs> But whatever works for you. Maybe chocolate sauce. I yeah, don't know. Ac-
1: that's a great idea. That sounds good, right? Yes.
0: Um, but yeah, I could see that even just to, to connect because I do think that also we are socialized to to cut off from our genital power and, and that just free pleasure and desire and just let it open, regardless of where it goes. And that is exactly what we were talking
1: about earlier about Tantra. I've just been exploring tantra from an energetic point of view so energetically having sex in the with your clothes on in this
0: like dry humping or like thinking about no
1: it is energetic so if you know you can feel someone's energy Mm -hmm. like Right. So energy balls, like healing energy. You can also have sexual energy. You can be penetrated through your head, through your heart, through your genitals. And especially if you are a giver. Being the receiver, experience what it's like to receive. And if you are, you know, your body is built as a receiver, having the experience as a giver and penetrating energy, how that feels and how that shifts in your intimate relationships. One of the things I had, I I experienced and I invite other goddesses out there to experience is Fully opening yourself up to receive. Our bodies literally are receivers and giving ourselves the permission to open wide, open completely. Uh, In that, we are meant for pleasure and you get to receive it you're worthy of it really practicing that with your partners or by yourself fully opening yourself up to receive even just laying there with your legs open going I'm receiving it's we're so conditioned to put your knees together close your legs close your arm like close
0: off be smaller and really just opening yourself up to receive thinking of this as like you know like the man spread it's like the goddess spread yes
1: oh my god i'm gonna use that that's use it
0: because it it to me yeah i could feel i could feel just as you were saying that what that would feel like to be you know you're on your floor and just opening wide because we do we are told to shrink down in so many different ways and then also as you said to, to play with what it feels like to be the giver and to play around with these different roles um when you wear a strap on, it does a similar thing, you know, where you get to feel the power of like what that is. I think it's it's so cool to have these tools to try, you know, try on a new a new fetish, a new fantasy, um, probably all by yourself at first. Or maybe you want to try it with a partner, but just to play and have fun and and see where things go.
1: I am finding, and I don't know if this is just what I'm attracting because I'm open to it. Uh, I am seeing more and more open couples, more and more play parties, but consciously, not just there for penetration or um, showboating or whatever, whatever perception you may have of what that looks like, but true intimate connection, deep being seen, held and heard deeply and having safe conscious environments where you can explore your boundaries, where communication rules, where it has to be a hell yes. If there is a maybe in it, it's a no. And there is nothing personal about it. Whoever that person is who's getting a no, it's like, thank you for sharing your boundaries. How about this? And maybe it's just a massage. Maybe it's just being touched. Maybe it's just connection. It doesn't have to be an end result there doesn't have to be an end result of penetration or an
0: orgasm even. or an orgasm
1: yeah. the woman you know or the feminine is the journey it's the roles it's the roller coaster right as where where the man is to get to the finish line when we take the finish line out of it like um i want to say an om uh in the om practice the finish line is is like the orgasm is taken off the table. It really is if it if it comes, great, every pun
0: intended. and if and if it doesn't, that's you're just in the pleasure ride, yeah, yeah. And I like what you said too about even having, like, a platonic, touch of some kind. Have you ever been to like a cuddle event? Because those are powerful too. I interviewed a couple of, well, actually three people from different uh, cuddling companies. One was Cuddle Sanctuary, one's called Cuddle Parties. And uh, I've been to an event and it's, I remember one thing that was so powerful to me, which I didn't even think of as cuddling until that event, was sitting back to back with someone. And it was really powerful just to, to have, you could feel that energy of connection. And there's just something chemically that seems to happen with that with that touch and also knowing that it is such a safe space that you're cuz you work so much on boundaries at those events it's very like saying no to people as part of the practice and it is exactly that a practice of saying no it's so hard
1: and that goes back to earlier when i said the cool girl syndrome right so say you're in an experience with another person and you're like titillated and you want to kind of explore. And I'll just speak from my experience is I, once I would get in that situation, I couldn't undo it. Like it was either like trying to worm my way out of it as opposed to saying, you know what? This feels great to this point And now I think we get to be complete for now or like see where this goes at another time. But, um, it was about being cool. Didn't want to seem uncool, right? To stop, like, well, you kissed me. Why am I not okay to touch you? And right, but, but really checking in with ourselves now and going, wow, th- that was really. I was titillated and into it, and now I'm like, now I think I met a boundary and just trusting yourself and speaking your truth in that. And these cuddle. Parties, my friend uh, created one also called held and um, it, and that's part of the practice is saying what you're comfortable with, whether it's you know hugging or not hugging, you know, not creating full-on contact. Mm-hmm. and that intimacy can be speaking or or even eye gazing. That's so intimate. so intimate. A lot of people have a hard time staying connected through their mm-hmm. eyes,
0: yeah. Yeah, it feels very vulnerable. The whole it's the window to your soul feels very true when you're in that. You know, I remember being in an acting class in my previous career and we would cry just sitting there eye to eye with someone because you're communicating so much without saying anything and you just feel so raw because a lot of times we use our words to sort of like dance around things or, you know, and you just can't like there's something really incredible about that. That's that's really that's cool. I like the. The practicing the boundaries piece, it's so empowering because it can be scary to say no, but then once you do it and you realize how empowering it is, you can almost get to a place where you really welcome it. I would love to hear before we get to your final tip because I, I want to um share some of your wisdom, more of your wisdom with listeners about about manifesting and, and really embracing their hearts' desires. Tell us a bit about Goddess Process.
1: All <laughs> oh, right. We were gonna talk about Goddess Process. Yeah. So um Goddess Process came to me. I've been doing Uh, a lot, well, throughout my life, I've done a lot of uh, self growth and uh, emotional intelligence discovery. And I went to a workshop called Grace. And in the middle of that, my dog of 16 and a half years passed away. And it was the first time I allowed women to show up for me and the village came through they showed up immediately spent the night with me that night took care of the arrangements of my my lady Lola J Lawson and um, brought me breakfast drove me to the workshop and circled around me and that is what I had forgotten. But it is our ancestral, like in our DNA, we are this network of oak trees. You know, when Katrina happened, everything washed away except this, these mighty, mighty oaks because their root system was so deep and so intertwined. And that's who we are as women on this planet, right? We are all, no matter whether we're here in Los Angeles or we're in Africa or we're in Iraq, we have this physical experience as woman. And we are 99.7% exactly the same. So what's happening in me is happening in we and is happening in the all. So I created Goddess Process to support us in finding that, in strengthening that muscle and stepping into what we're meant to do on this planet at this time in your unique version of woman, of divine feminine. And so there are four weeks that are broken down into four sections. The first one is self-care. It's the the adage, put on your oxygen mask on first. If you are passed out or dead on the floor, you are no help to anybody else. So we need to nurture us. And we're also teaching the next generation of how they get to be. So know that you are that role model. And who do how, who do you want to be in that? So take the bath, do the meditation, create rituals that support your health. And I don't know how many, one of my um, girlfriends and goddesses in goddess process, she is a PhD doctor. She has a big old fancy job as an executive director, two kids, wife, all the things. And she's like, I just don't have time. And and I just said, if you don't make time for you, you're not gonna be around for all these things. And we need your brains, your heart, your mother, your wife, your doctorness on the planet. So that's week one. Really stepping into a ritual. Try try new things, um, reset old things and, and use this as a container to support you in that 30 days, like to build that right habit. The second week is prosperity. Money equals self-worth. What, really looking at what you are calling in, what you've allowed in into your life and saying, does that match what you think it is or want? Or if not, like, let's figure out what are the limiting beliefs in the way of that
0: that's so big it's so big yeah it's something i've worked on in recent years and that just even the shift from having more negative thoughts about money to more positive ones is so life-changing if you have because the good girl syndrome stuff like that is all isn't it all wrapped up into money ideas too that we're not supposed to want money but then yeah yeah it it's is. complicated it's complicated
1: Money is an energetic exchange. You Money wants to be with you. You deserve money. You get to have an abundant life. I work a lot in the nonprofit sector. There is a belief that, you know, if you are doing good, that you can't also prosper. That is not the truth. Everybody gets to prosper and there is enough for everyone. Um, The third week is relationships. So we talked a lot about vulnerability, the courage to be vulnerable, to go first. When I first started going out with my um, last boyfriend on our first date, I got so vulnerable, I cried. I would have never done that. But it it, it created the foundation of our relationship of honesty. And he opened up he, it gave him permission to be authentic with me. And so our relationship was deep from day one. And isn't that truly what we're looking for is a, deep. Someone to see us.
0: Yeah. See the real That's you. a very human, universal need to be seen and, and valued for who we are.
1: So we talk about WOBs or ways of being.
0: WOBs. I like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. What WOBs are you being? You know, are you being loving?
1: Are you being open? Are you being peaceful? What, you know, setting the intention in everything, right? That works in all relationships. And our abundance, our manifestations are all about relationships. What am I communicating Communicating to you such that we can create whatever, whatever vision you have. My vision is peace on earth in our lifetime. I believe that starts with women healing and stepping into their divine feminine and living their heart's desire. So building first of all, your goddess community. So in goddess process, whether you do the self-guided or the intensive, there are private Facebook groups where we come together and are
0: able to share our high highs and our low lows. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I love that you are taking all of your your wisdom from your work and also your experience personally and and really striving to help other people come into their truth and and be that manifesting powerhouse I think that's so awesome so where can people learn about it and sign up Awesome. So we have one coming up. We have a goddess process intensive
1: starting November 11th. Uh, if you listen to me on on the weeks leading up to it on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn, we are goddess process or your goddess process on Facebook, or just come to the website goddessprocess.us. There's a free webinar in the front. There's a free manifestation guide there to start your process. In the free manifestation guide, there is a guided meditation for you to drop from your head to your heart. And you see me, I'm there with you. And it's so funny. Like, um, so I'm getting a lot of feedback of women. They're like, you're with me in the bathtub. I'm in, you're in my goddess soaks with me, or you start my day with me. And that that is me living my vision, and it hmm. feels so great. I welcome goddesses. I had a um, a new mom join us. She joined us to... Start a self-care routine. She got her relationship with her mother back. She deepened her relationship with her husband. And she has a little daughter. She's creating the legacy for her daughter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, come in with whatever and then explore and see what else is possible. Really, you can manifest your heart's desire. Mm -hmm. And what is that? like let's explore what's truly what are you here to do and be in this lifetime let's get in your heart and live
0: it <laughs> <laughs> if somebody wants to manifest their heart's desires in addition to taking your courses and all these wonderful offerings is there a tip a word of, of wisdom that you would share that people can can start applying to their their lives
1: really look at vibrating like who do you get to be such that whatever that is is like oh yeah you're my match right because all we're doing is playing the matching game in the universe it's what are you calling in do you believe you're worth it are you ready to have it in your life because i'll tell you i i speak to women all the time it's like if somebody handed you a check for five hundred thousand dollars today would you be willing to take it? Would you know what to do with it? Would it vibrate with you? Or would you go, no, 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 no. Oh, uh -uh, no. Like, just notice how you would, if someone gave you the keys to a brand new Tesla today, would you say, thank you? I receive. And I say that a lot. I receive. Thank you. I receive. Or would you go, oh, no, I was just kidding. Like, how often do we laugh it off as, no, how could I possibly ever ask for that or desire that or have that? Mm -hmm. And just look at all the blocks that we put in our way. So, really, it starts with me, with you. You know, start with yourself.
0: See where you're at. Where do you get to clean out? Mm. And clean out with you in the bathtub. Please, yes, come have I love a goddess soak visual. Me. <laughs> I have a feeling that would be really fun just based on sharing this space with you today. Thank you so much for being here, Amber J. You're oh, so vivacious and lovely.
1: So honored to be with you. You are a goddess of oh, permission, mm. of opening the space for exploration with such honor and dignity to thank you for what you create.
0: Mm, That means so much. I really, really appreciate that. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, please hit subscribe if you haven't. Leave us a rating and review and check out those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. Girlboner Boner Radio is owned, operated, and executively produced by me, August McLaughlin, with technical producer and audio extraordinaire Mackenzie Mazzal as part of the Period Podcast Network, an affiliate of Starburns Industries. Learn more about the Girl Boner podcast brand movement and book series at girlboner.org and more about Period at periodnetwork.com.